The decision is yours. And I chose this scenario, didn't I? Yes. To face your last remaining fear of heights. David, don't listen to him. You were right. This is the Seven Dwarfs. It's a setup. You can't trust him. Don't feel bad for him, David. This winning man is your creation, and it's in his nature to fight for his existence, but he's not real. I'm real. <laughs> I'm real. I have two daughters, and you know that. What are their names? I'm real. I'm... I'm mortality as home entertainment. This cannot be the future. Can it? It's time for another wonderful episode of the Cinema 9 Podcast. I am Michael Govier. I am here with my two favorite co-hosts ever, Travis Roy and Eric Brasher. Travis, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, Mike. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. That's so wonderful. Eric, how are you holding up? How are you? I was going to say, how are you hanging? And then I went to hold up. So I went, hey. Oh, we're fucked already. This is... <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Eric? You all right? Good afternoon from beautiful Griffith, Indiana. It is. It's a beautiful place. And last but certainly not least, we have a very special guest this week. We brought on a expert in the world of film. Uh, somebody oh that people go to constantly for advice on movies, cinema, uh, tips on screenwriting. Luke Horlbeck is our special guest this week. He's come <laughs> along for the adventure as we discuss vanilla sky luke how you doing man welcome to the pod why don't you tell people who you are what's happening oh man i'm doing i'm doing great uh i am absolutely thrilled to be here i'm i'm humbled really and also Aww. the people that uh i go to for all sorts of film knowledge are you guys all three of you so uh you know i, I do appreciate it but you guys are the experts so thank you <laughs> Well, thank you very much. By the way, there's a movie called The Experts starring Ari Gross. And I think <laughs> it's 
it's from the 80s it's god awful if you've ever seen it the experts, seriously it, but it's kind relevant. of yeah not relevant but it's good Ari gross Ari gross yeah remember it him. sounds like the host of like a scary movie like midnight movie like i'm Ari gross tonight Ari. a nightmare yeah. announced yeah that's true <laughs> Sounds like well, an exclamation, like something like you, something. you see something disgusting. Hurry, gross. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome, Luke. We really, it's a great pleasure to have you. We respect your film opinions greatly. You definitely have knowledge, and we can't wait. A little teaser for y'all for your opinions on Vanilla Sky, which will be our <laughs> focus this week of this Does It Hold Up? So remember, oh, you can boy. find us on Instagram where we're always busy, <laughs> hustling and bustling. We got constant film reviews. We have a uh, birthday, uh, movie versaries, if you will, that we constantly do. Uh, somebody posted uh, Nashville. Uh, who who did that? Oh. That was me. I, I watched that recently. Whoever and, did that, uh, genius. That was, that, was, that was me. And I watched that recently. And uh, it just so happened that, like, just a couple days later, here's the 45th anniversary today that we are recording of that uh, seminal classic, if you will. Mm. Destiny. Absolutely. You know, I've... I've had it for about three and a half years and I still haven't watched it. So I'm actually going to bump it up in the queue now and finally watch that. Cause I've always wanted to, but it just seems like an event. I don't know. It seems like it would be a task, but it's I one of those seen. movies. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like almost three hours long. Uh, and honestly, it's like it, the way that it's done, like, you know, there's other movies that have been done better since then, frankly, but it, for what it was at the time, yeah. it was pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. Unprecedented. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So we do film reviews. We do film anniversaries. We, always active on Instagram. Eric and Travis do amazing work. I'm not going to take any credit for that because I really don't do much on there. So check us out there, Cinema 9 Pod, and email us, cinema9pod at protonmail.com. Remember, that's numerical nine. And we're on Twitter and Facebook and all the lovely formats where you spend hours scrolling away, wasting your life. So look forward to seeing you on there. And uh, I'm excited for this podcast. We're going to talk first before we get to our Does It Hold Up segment about... Famous death scenes, personal favorites. Now, people die in movies all the time. And there's a lot of controversy. Do, are they breathing? Because you know they're not really you, know, you ever look? This is, the, ever, this is the controversy? Is whether or not yeah, they're breathing? <laughs> you ever look for the detail? Like, I can see their diaphragm moving. They're not dead. Oh, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm very literal. when I, I want to see a death scene do, done right. So I'm really curious to see where you guys come out. We're going to do a top three. So let's start from three to one, like we usually do. And we'll go with you first, Travis. Okay, well, you know, I, um, I've got some honorable mentions. It wouldn't be Cinema 9 if we didn't have some honorable mentions. Um, you know, John C. Riley has a great body of important and good work, but his turn as Taquito in um, the film Tim and Eric's Million Dollar, Billion Dollar Movie. Um, very moving scene. Um, no, an actual, uh, my actual... Uh, Runner-up to, to number four would be Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition. Uh, that's, that's, that's that's quite a whack, quite a quite a gut punch. But my number three, I'm going to give it to 1993's Terminator 2: Judgment Day. The wow. performance by 91. Joe Morton. Yes, Joe Morton in, 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 <laughs> as as Miles, as Miles Dyson. I don't know how much longer I can hold this. <laughs> That's a good number, one. Number three. Wow. <laughs> Fucking classic. Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson. <laughs> that was definitely on my list. <laughs> was it really? I'm, 
I'm gonna have to take perfect. that off. I mean, of course it is. That's what that's we I've done that so many times in my life. Great call, Travis. I'm, Ooh, I'm gonna read I'll pull all up a mention. So great call. Perfect. That's a really good death scene. Eric, what about you? Number three. <laughs> my my honor my single honorable mention is the gro <laughs> the grossest <laughs> death. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I'm the only one that got stoned before this podcast, but I'm the only one that doesn't have the giggles. Oh. Yeah, is, every, is everyone okay? Is everyone oh, okay? Yeah. Luke, Luke's laugh is just so no, contagious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. No, Eric, Eric is the contagious laugh. Eric, it's your fault, not Gro- mine. <laughs> Grossest death in cinema history is that fucking guy in, <laughs> that fucking guy in RoboCop. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, the guy who gets uh, so, the toxic yeah. uh, waste on him. <laughs> so yeah, let's break this me. down. Let's yeah, break we... it down. He like he drives into a bed, <laughs> into a bed of toxic waste. It's disgusting. He's, he starts melting alive, and then he gets hit by a car. Then he explodes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. When I was like nine. That's probably good for me. Yeah, it was a. Uh, that is a. God, you guys are nailing these. These are excellent. These are some of my personal favorites. I mean, yeah, that's that's a pretty great death. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. What about you, uh, Luke? If you can gather your thoughts, how about you? What's number yeah. three for you? No, it's tough. Eric, Eric's uh, you guys. You guys those just blaming two, each other. Those, those were two. Those were two top one choices. Actually, I don't even know where this. Yeah, I don't know they where this are. List goes, man. I don't know this list goes after this. But all right, so. Uh, Easy Rider, mm. and, uh, yeah. and okay. now there is a companion piece called Electroglad in Blue. If you have not seen that, it is Mm-mm. the literal uh, kind of inversion of Easy Rider. Hmm. That is the reactionary film that was a response to Easy Rider. They both actually have the same death scene, and. It is bizarre to watch both of them, but Easy Rider, I think. I mean, top three for sure. Wow! Right. Wow! I haven't seen Easy Rider in about 20, 20 or so years. That's mm-hmm. uh, I meant to revisit that. Good call, Luke. Way to take it back, old school. Representing classic. Hey, man, we all know that one. Number three and for me is uh, brutal. Yeah, it is brutal, no doubt about it. But number three for me, I'm gonna go with uh, Rolo Tomasi. Oh. when uh kevin spacey i know kevin spacey's been 86 from the world and i understand that and i respect that <laughs> spacey. he's definitely he no longer exists. that's right but when he did exist in 1997's la confidential he was fantastic and the way he dies and he just says rollo tomasi <laughs> after he's been shot by james cromwell old jim cromwell got him in the gun <laughs> and uh, it's a surprise when the first time i ever it's hard to remember when you saw him You've seen a movie so many times when you actually first saw that happen because it becomes mm-hmm. like so normal to you. Mm-hmm. And I was really like, whoa, wow, this is wild. And that look on his face and the Rolo Tumasi, you know, it's great. Yeah. I know uh, Travis had a dog named Rolo, so he's clearly a fan of mine. <laughs> it's Rolo, true. man. Rolo. Love Rolo. Yeah, he was a good dog. <laughs> yeah, um, a good Rolo. Dog. All right, let's go to number two, <laughs> Travis. What's that? My number two, so part of the thing with doing this kind of uh, segment that didn't occur to me until after we started compiling these was that, you know, there's going to be some spoilers. Um, so big spoiler yeah. alert uh, <laughs> for the film. If you haven't watched it, just skip ahead about 15 seconds or so. Uh, but uh, The Lighthouse. Um, in The Lighthouse, oh. uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, his performance is just, 
I'm sorry if you guys haven't seen this, but if you haven't seen this, get the, fuck, get the fuck on it. It's on Prime. Exactly. Exactly. Um, My fault. And his, Our fault. And his performance is, it's just one of the most, uh, oh man, it's just wrenching. It's just, I mean, he's, he, it's one of the performances of his career and uh, is out. His way he goes is just ah, perfect. Are you guys done talking? Done. I took my headphones off because I haven't watched it yet, and I really want to watch it. So. I'm proud. <laughs> oh, wow! I'm proud. Oh, yeah, I good call. My, I I, pull, I pulled myself out. So good call on the spoiler alert. I actually took advantage of that. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Eric. What's next? Number two for you. <laughs> my number two pick is a tie because it's it's they're both inanimate objects. Okay, um, so the first runner up here is Hell Nine Thousand in two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. So. Hmm. This is interesting death because throughout Ooh. the entire film, this, the, this computer, if you know the picture, is, you know, trying to, uh, you know, is trying to have the mission move forward despite the, the best efforts from these two space, uh, the spacemen to, uh, to shut him down. So uh, at the end, when they finally do kind of dismantle Hal or turn him off, it's, it's absolutely like a death. And out of all the things that this computer is capable of doing, it's completely, it, it, it's not a physical creature, so uh, it can just be shut off. And it's a long, drawn out, excruciating, painful, and, and just invigorating and intense death for this computer system. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, the, the other tie, the other in, inanimate object is uh, Wilson from uh, Castaway. Oh, now, uh, yeah, good call. Uh, you know, uh, he, he, uh, he, the character doesn't really die. I mean, it's an object, it's a volleyball, but... It gets lost, and it has a it has a really big effect on the Chuck Nolan character because he has to if he's going to return to the real world, he has to this this character quote unquote has to die. He can he can no longer be with it, and it's painful. It is so painful to see him separate from this object that he's been with for you know three four years. So yeah, there it is. Great call. I think everybody yeah. has had a moment with that. Unless you're not human. It is. It's emotional, even though it's an inanimate object. Well done. Yes, sir. Lucas, number two. Who's runner-up in the death scenes? <clears throat> well, my number two. Man, Eric, got to say, that was brilliant. Okay. Uh, number two, brain scanners. Exploding. <laughs> exploding head. I can't. Oh, man. I just... <laughs> I, Are you talking about scanners, right? Scanners. Scanners, yeah. Scanners. Brain scanners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because his brain is blowing up. Uh, scanners. Scanners. Um, my God. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's been a long day. And I'm like a huge, I'm a huge Cronenberg fan. And I said brain scanners. Mm. Um, in any event, mm -hmm. the exploding head is probably one of the greatest death scenes in the history of <laughs> cinema. <laughs> I don't even know how to like wrap my mind around it. It's fantastic. Um, definitely a top three. I can't even imagine how that does not make the list. And uh, also, I think uh, it has uh, resonance and echoes in you know everything that we talk about right now when it comes to surveillance, social media, all that kind of stuff. So I think I think that exploding head basically just uh splattered us all for the rest of the uh, rest of our history nice scanners man all right that's, that's another one i haven't seen in forever man you're going deep i like it uh deep guts my no uh, my runner-up i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go with sexy <laughs> i'm gonna go with sexy beast and ben kingsley's oh, yes. character oh yeah when he's 
Spoiler Hell alert. Yes. There's a huge yeah. spoiler alert here. Sorry. Um, if you haven't seen Sexy Beast, he gets shot with a shotgun in the pool area. And he's not dead. Movie. He's slowly dying. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. leave, he, he turns his head to the right. He's like, I fucked Jackie. <laughs> in the midst of all of it, he digs in one more dig. Oh, yeah. That he tells H that he fucked Jackie. And uh, he, uh, it's just so, it's not so like, um, it's not very emotional or anything. It's like kind of a relief, if depending on how you feel about the movie. But it's funny. It's <laughs> kind of funny. And that, that performance just should have won oh. like 10 Academy Awards. It's his best yeah. performance. Forget Gandhi. Oh, God, That's yeah. his best Ben Kingsley performance yes. ever. I want to do it on the show. I want to do it on the yeah, show. Let's, oh, we let's, will. Let's we forget, will definitely let's, do Yeah, it. let's forget Gandhi. It's brown face. Let's move on. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Uh, I thought about that. Kingsley. <laughs> ben Kingsley okay. is half he's half indian i mean yeah oh, is, he, is he yeah oh, let's see luke do your homework uh, he's british though he's also the colonizer. there's a lot of there's a lot of british indian dudes we're not going to get into argument mm, historical debate about are. britain and india on this show mm, i think well, we should i don't I think, think we should. should i think we should get travis, to travis's i think travis number. wants to talk about it <laughs> travis is so excited <laughs> travis is making <laughs> the mouth to reveal his number one pick travis what is your number right. one pick? my number one pick of the day um um you know it's um it's tough p- people don't always necessarily think of danny trejo as, oh as, as like a, but in what is perhaps yes. one of the greatest movies if not the greatest movie of all time heat in 1995 mm. from michael wow. mann that performance of danny trejo it's so reserved and i for one i believe he has a fucking hole in his chest for one uh and i and it's so it's so like um he's so quiet and like um mm. like it's just he's just gone she's gone you know the way that he does this um it's so uh, uh it just it, it hurts every single time and um and and that man doesn't even show that last mercy shot from mm. uh from from Bob De Niro, that he just cuts back to the out of the apartment. And you just see that muzzle flash. It's just brilliantly shot. It's an awesome scene. Man, you, Travis, wow. you nailed it today. You were in the zone. That is a, so good. I one. can't believe I didn't think of it. That's a great death scene. Perfect. Eric, see if you could top that with your number one. I'm going to give it a shot. No one dies in movies quite like the great Jack Nicholson. Okay, you think about <laughs> Batman with the voice box. You think about The Shining when he's frozen in the maze. And you think about The Departed when he just kind of spills into that trough, that bulldozer, just covered in blood. Just so awesome. But uh, by far his, his best, and what I consider the best death scene in, the, in film history is uh, um, R.P. McMurphy in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay, so this is one of those deaths that is, yeah. it's, it's, it's so layered, okay, because Yes, he's, he's a beloved character, and he's passing away. He's dying. But you're glad that he's dying, okay? The Chief, played so beautifully by Will Sampson, whose son I actually know. I used to uh, sing karaoke with Sam Schoen, uh, Sampson. Um, he sees what this lobotomy has done to our uh, McMurphy's spirit, and he sets him free in just a powerful, liberating demonstration of mercy. It's it's so good. It's unforgettable. Wow, Man. great call. That, that actually there? that actually made me feel silent. That that's that is so powerful. Well, Luke, now you're up against it. How can you top that with your number one death choice of of, of all <clears throat> time? No, no, no exploding that. head. 
yeah there's uh there's no topping that um <laughs> there is no topping that at all but i am going in a slightly different direction i'm gonna go in an action direction and this is an oddball this is an oddball one this movie lived on my top 100 list for very long and i've had many conversations with you guys about it it was last of the mohicans mm. and it is literally the last scene when chinga Chukuk takes down mogwai and i have just i had never seen anything like that in my life at that point and i was like I didn't understand what I was seeing. Later, watching Michael Mann movies, I was like, now I understand what action movies mm. are. That set the pace for action uh, in, in my mind, like basically forever. That is the template. Wow. That movie's trash. That, that oh! la- yeah, the, the movie, the there movie it itself, <laughs> I, have watched, I have watched it in the last five years it, it is. is not doesn't hold up not the movie well it doesn't matter and it's, one of, the, it, it's one of those things it's so far from the book moment. too that exactly. i was gonna say exactly. yeah yeah but but uh we're, we're talking about james fenimore cooper i mean <laughs> i mean literally literally the last like the last 10 minutes of that movie is all you gotta watch that is I have watched that movie and fast forwarded to that <laughs> point just to watch that, just the execution mm. of that moment is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Mm. Nice. Nice pick. All right. All right. Quite well said. Beautifully told. Even if the movie, forget about the movie. We're focusing it's a great on performance. the death scene itself. The performance <laughs> the movie. Yeah. talking about yeah. death scenes. Just yeah. turn the movie oh, yeah. on and fast forward to the death scene because that is where you're gonna. <laughs> no bones like about it. Right when you're like when you're watching uh, uh, Ace Ventura too, you just fast forward to the rhino scene. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Oh man, Luke, remember we used to watch that in my dorm at CMU? That was like oh a my god that year. The whole movie. We watched the whole thing. So. Uh, and I wasn't a fan of it at the time, but I love that movie now because I'm. Yeah, sorry. yeah. No one was a fan of it, but everybody liked to recreate the uh, uh, man coming off an asshole moment. That was yeah. That was really fun. Frank Reynolds did it, and it's always sunny. It's hilarious. He came out of a chair. <laughs> yes, he did uh, it better. All right, so my number one is never going to top. Who wore it better? Uh, Wait a minute. Really not going to top better? anybody. Who wore better? Frank Reynolds. Yeah. Who wore better? Who wore the asshole better? Probably DeVito. Oh, I don't think I could top it. either one of these choices. You guys all had great picks, and I actually had Miles mm. Dyson as like my borderline number one, so I bumped it. <laughs> That's how good it is. It really is not it's a great, great performance. But um, I'm going to go. I was kind of torn between two movies that maybe aren't that popular, but I like them, uh, Alpha Dog or Bully, and I'm just going to pick between the two. And I think I'm going to go with – they kind of tie together because Alpha Dog and Bully are both about teenagers making huge mm. mistakes, taking life way too seriously, <laughs> yeah. and not making just like I've fucked up and like I'm grounded for weak mistakes, but like I'm going to prison for life mistakes. Both of those movies have that in common, and that's why I thought of them together. And I'm going to go with – Bully, because Nick Stahl is this asshole. Oh he plays this major asshole. This is all based on real events back in Hollywood, Florida. This is a 2001 film by uh, huh. Mr. Larry Clark Larry, of Larry Kids Clark. fame. Yeah, Come Larry on. Clark. And, and Nick Stahl, <laughs> he's really a dick, but he doesn't necessarily deserve to die. And he gets slowly stabbed. 
and then he gets like beaten on for a while and like he's like please i'm sorry i'll be better he's like begging for his life it's like really kind of like it makes you feel bad for the guy even though he was such a dick before that and he was a dick he was raping the shit of that poor little guy right he did going everything to town on him yeah, he did a lot of bad things to a lot of people. And yeah, I actually felt the fact that he was able to make me feel bad for him makes me just, I put it up there. I really think it was a great death scene. And Bully's a great movie, even if you're not a Larry that's, Clark fan. Yeah. Way no, better than kids, Larry, in my opinion. That's why personally. Larry Clark is amazing. Larry Clark is a genius because how the how in the fuck does anybody create sympathy for that? Todd Salons, yeah. he might be the only other person. Ooh, fuck that guy. Yeah, I, oh, can't watch uh, exactly, I can't, I can't exactly. watch these people's movies. I can't <laughs> watch I'm with you. Listen, no, I agree. No, thank you. I agree. I agree, but put him right, put him right, right up there with John Waters. Like, nope, no thanks. <laughs> wow. Okay. You guys don't want to do happiness next week? Or uh, I tried to I tried to watch that again no. recently, and man, it is fucking brutal. I'm like, I used to like this movie. What is wrong? Jesus. With different time, different yeah. era, different point of view. Strokes. Folks. So those are our choices. Those are our death scenes. Do you have any you'd like to share with us? Do we miss some? Because Lord knows we probably did. Hit us up. I got some. Oh, are we I'm doing sure you some have honorable more. mentions? Are we no, we're not. We're moving forward. This is the second. Oh, this is where yeah. we rotate to the next it's section by reminding awesome. people of what the show is called and where they can contact us. Cinnamon iPod at ProtonMail.com, Numerical 9. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the favorite formats. Uh, Eric, do we have an email this week or are we off this week? No, I didn't see one. So yeah. uh, send us one. We would love to hear from you guys. Sure would. We do love them. I know it makes everybody's day a little brighter. With that, gentlemen, it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. It's time for Does It Hold Up 2001's Vanilla Sky. There's one thing that bothers me. Why did you tell Brian that I was your fuck buddy? I didn't tell him that. I didn't say that. Hey, when did you stop caring, David? Caring about what? About the consequences of the promises that you've made. Promises? Yeah, the promises. I thought... <laughs> Get the fuck. What are you talking about? Do you understand how hard it is to pretend to be your buddy? David, I love you. I fucking love you. I fucking love you! Fuck! Hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't do this. <laughs> you fucked me four times the other night, David. You've been inside me. Julie. I swallowed your cum. That means something. Slow down. Four hey. times. It means something, David. Four times. Stop the car. It's 24 hours a day. I live with this aching possibility that you might call me to do something. Yeah, let's go to your house and we'll talk this out. I want to see where you live. I want you to stop the car, Julie. I want you to stop the car! Don't you know that when you sleep with someone, your body makes a promise whether you do or not? Tell me something, David. I mean, do you believe in God? What are you doing? Okay, I love you. I love you. Oh boy. <laughs> Hit the panic or, button, folks. We're in for big trouble here. 2001. You know, 
Go ahead, they had Chris. a huge golden opportunity here Ooh. when they when they renamed it from you know for, originally it was Aubrey Lazo host based you know the original film the Spanish film or Mexican film that it was based on, and the American version they could have called it anything, and they yeah. they went with the Vanilla Sky they should have gone with the, the, what I'm going to call the movie for the rest of my life which is Citizen Dildo. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is really funny. That is really funny. That is, yep. Yeah, uh, what about the uh, other proposed title? Uh, Life is good when you're physically beautiful. You guys hear that? <laughs> wow. Validating uh, narcissism. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's focus on this. Vanilla right. Sky seems, came out two thousand one. Same fucking page. It's uh, we're on the same page. On this let's one. get opening comments on this. So obviously we're already kind of setting the tone here, but I want to get everyone's opening opinions. How long has it been since you've seen it? Uh, what was your initial reaction when you watched it, Travis? Let's get a go. Okay, so I mean, this is one of those movies. I know I saw it when it came out, so 2001, I believe, right? Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was a good enough movie that I saw it again. Mm. And I think I probably should have just stopped there because it's really just good for like, you know, the two, maybe three viewings. Um, and I didn't watch it again since. So like, I, I you know, I, I mean, maybe two, I probably did two or three. And then I was like, oh, this is a good movie. And I kind of had that in my head. And then I watched it recently and I went, oh, woof. This is, <laughs> this is, this is not a great movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Eric, what about you? How long has it been? It's been about 15 years now. I remember uh, in the theater, I was uh, I was pumped in the theater, and then I thought I I thought I owned this movie. I was absolutely sure I bought the DVD, but uh, I must have watched it and then threw it out uh, because I had to rent it. Um, yeah, you know, you know, guys, this is going to be an interesting conversation because this is a this is a jumbled, confusing mess of a film with a lot of negative themes that I'm interested to talk to you guys about. Wow. What about you, Luke? How long has it been? What was your initial thought when you, or your initial feelings when you watched this film? All right. So it, the initial idea is, does, does it hold up? The whole point being that it might have been good in the first place. Uh, completely, <laughs> completely. I just, it's entirely ridiculous. I, yeah. All right. If you want my first impression, that's it. it Did you ever see it in the past? Of course I did. I saw it in okay. the theater. And uh, <laughs> I, I've actually, I have actually referred to this movie just, just mentally, instinctually, uh, not for any uh, material purpose whatsoever. It has kind of just, the echo of this movie has been in my head for years because of how just bleak and grim and, and just utterly uh, empty the entire experience mm. was mm. then. And it, it, it does do that to me now. It is like mm. it hits me in a wave from time to time. I will picture that fucking mask and that just it just hollow face. And that is the entire movie. The entire movie is that face. Wow. <laughs> that, okay, so the face definitely made a big impression on you. If no, no, it, it's not the face. It's the movie. It 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 rolls up into the face. It becomes oh. a symbolic. Oh. It is the symbolic order. Multifaceted. Okay. All right. So not necessarily. Okay, not necessarily. <laughs> Fair enough. But going back in time, we looked 
and this movie came out. Okay, so 2001, it comes out. It's got a 6.9 on IMDb, which shocked me when I first looked it up. I guess Very that's shocking. personal bias. It was, I was really surprised. Like, wow, it's rated that high in IMDb? And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 42 critic score and a 72 audience score. And yeah. when I talked to other people that we were doing this movie this week, several of them said, oh, I like that movie. And I was like, what? Mm. I, I was really surprised. So if you look at some of the critical reviews that happened back in 2001, which is something we usually do on the show. Uh, let's see. Washington Post, 2001. Stephen Hunter said, a case of the vein leading the bland. Ooh, wow, that's hard. Damn, Stephen. Uh, good old Dessen Thompson checking in from the Post. For all the filmmakers' efforts, this project is something of an artistic albatross. And God so damn. On. Yeah, and so on and so forth. A lot of negative reviews. There is a positive one from Joe Layden of The Moving Picture Show. He says it's a brazenly challenging and richly rewarding fable about actions and consequences, dreams, yeah. Yeah, and that's realities. So, you know, I, I will say that I think that like people, like you said, a lot of people said, oh, I like this movie. Like, I thought I liked this movie before I sat down and watched it again. So right. there's probably a lot of people walk around under the impression that you know, they haven't seen the movie in a decade or two. And they're like, oh, that's a good movie. <laughs> That's true. It should be a shout out right now. We should give a tribute to Spencer, the listener who requested this film. We're blaming you, Spencer. We're ta you're taking Spence. full responsibility for this. Just Thanks, for Spence. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Spencer. If I ever see you um, in, in public, uh, I will punch you in the face. I won't. <laughs> I would find that rude. But, uh, but I also love you. But I also love you, and I would love to drink a beer with you. Oh, a loving punch to the face. That's fantastic. <laughs> Well, so Travis, it's a metaphorical you, punch to the face. Okay, I see. So, Travis, you're, you're flipping this. You don't like it. You're not feeling the same way you felt. Kind of like uh, happy. You know, I, I mean, there's, there's parts of it. Like, Cameron Diaz is fucking amazing in this. She's really, right. really good yeah. in this. She, she is probably the only really good thing yeah. in the movie, yes. to be honest. Like, she kills it in this movie. She's fantastic. Yes. Now, I would like to reshoot this entire movie shot for shot, get Tom Cruise back in there, get everybody back in there, but Penelope Cruz, just replace her with like a, a semi-damp dish towel and see if anyone <laughs> notices. If anybody notices, then... Oh, man. You're saying her heart wasn't in it? You know, it blows my mind that they fell in love on this movie and they started dating because there's just like zero fucking chemistry. Like it oh, seems like they, they seems like they're act. It seems like they're acting in different rooms, even as they share the same screen. <laughs> <laughs> wow, almost okay. almost seems like somebody put them in the same movie. Uh, you know, in the Scientology uh, headquarters in order oh, to boy. make them in order oh, to make them mates. Boy. It's Here true. That's what happened. It, yeah. They were trying Jason to make Lee. them mate. What about Jason Lee's Scientology, they're right? They're fucking pandas. They're fucking pandas. Russell put them in the same cage. They put them in the same cage. Wait for them to mate. That's what they were hoping to do. <laughs> do we, did, we, did anybody buy that Jason Lee and Tom Cruise are like friends in this movie? That, <laughs> no. Did that oh my seem God. believable That's at hilarious. all? hilarious. I love the characters. No? The characters just eat it up. He's just like, oh, just steal my women. I love it. He just like loves it. <laughs> No, but he's clearly pissed, and that the whole point is that the, I think you've nailed the the heart of why I don't like this film is that there's no chemistry between anybody, and I don't enjoy watching this in any scene. I don't enjoy watching this guy's life fall apart or have any redemption, no. or if it's real or if it's not. I don't care at all, and this is this is why I don't understand the point of this film. Eric, do you think there's a point right. to this film, or, or it's, what do you it's, where do you come out on that? It's completely vacuous. Okay, it's you know. <laughs> 
the thing about I watched I, I went back a couple of weeks ago and watched Open Your Eyes from 1999. Alejandro Amenbar, uh, he makes a he makes an interesting film, uh, a really bizarre story, but it's about a half hour shorter than Vanilla Sky. It's not filled with all of this excruciatingly <laughs> indulgent nonsense that Cameron Crowe puts on it. It's just kind of a thoughtful, interesting, like bizarre story. And I'll be goddamned, Penelope Cruz is actually <laughs> quite, quite good in it. Uh, she's a know, good she's, actor. She's another thing. Very, she's very good. But it, in, in this original role that she, she had already played, she's sweet. She's likable. She's, she's interesting. But I, I just don't, I don't know what to make out of this. It's just nonsense. Yeah, I can I can understand that completely. And by the way, Open Your Eyes came out in 1997, and it has oh nothing. God. The director said that he loved Cameron Crowe's interpretation. He said he Cameron Crowe really understood what was at the heart and essence of his film, and he was very moved. What do you think of that, Luke? Yeah, well, of course he did. That's the guy we're talking about. A guy we're talking about a guy who's trying to get a contract with the Hollywood. He doesn't give a shit. He, thinks, he probably thinks it's as empty and fucking worthless as the actual movie. It, and it's and it's that is actually giving it credit. It is so hollow. It is so empty. It yeah. is like a black fucking hole. It actually sucks <laughs> value out. It. It could be, it could be uh, just a shitty movie, but it's not. It is actually a vacuum that pulls your fucking soul <laughs> out of your fucking body. Mm. And that dude, that dude just, that dude just playing the game. So he he, he's a filmmaker. No, that dude's a filmmaker. He's just trying to, he's trying to play the game. I get it. He's like, oh, Cameron Crowe? That guy's a genius. I loved Almost Famous. That was the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Well, let's not rip on Almost Famous. I'm not going to have that. Well, well, is that the best movie you've ever seen in your life? I bet you if you asked uh, Alejandro Amandero or whatever his name is, he would say I'm that. on bar. I'm on a bar. I'm on bar. Whatever. I'm on a bar. I'm, uh, I'm not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> no, well, no, the so. thing is, he, he knows. He made a real piece of uh, art. And it was under five hours long, which is insane. Because this took me five days to watch. I can't even. It's torture. It's right. torture. Yeah, that is quite torturous. Fucking torture. I can't, okay. I can't say enough about it's how okay. awful that I, I was. feel for you because I had to sit through and watch it too. We all It's did. the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was just <laughs> waiting for it to end. I definitely was. But let's yeah. talk some more yeah. details. What is it about this movie that really turns us off? Travis, is there other things? You mentioned Penelope Cruz's performance being a <laughs> damp wet towel you know, a dish towel that's no good but uh is there other is it i mean writing or is it just like the failure to drive this to a, a overall point <laughs> like okay, i mean so like another problem i would say like say kurt russell in this movie like he does he does pretty well yeah. Yeah. he does pretty well and yeah. it's like he's, he's it's like he's acting with a wall because like i mean right. like it's there's just not a lot that tom cruise is giving back and that's partly not cruise's fault that's like the, that's like he had a mask on um, but you know, I don't know. There's this moment in the movie where he's showing her like the, the vanilla sky, the Monet painting, and he compares like the, uh, snowboard that he painted to a Monet and, and we're supposed to be like, Oh, like, okay. Yeah. So he's this, like this self-indulgent rich guy, narcissist. Yes. Like, I get it. I've got it. Like I've got him figured out now. And then like, and, and like, and like 
Eric, like you said, like life is fine so long as your face is beautiful. Once his face is no longer beautiful, his face is no longer, like his life is no longer fine. And, but like, there's never like, there's never a moment where he learns really anything. There's never like a moment that comes where it's yeah. like, um, it's like, like if you think of say, I like Nick Cage. Did you guys know that? If you think of the movie, the family man, uh, <laughs> we, we start off with this bastard and like, and this and the, self-absorbed guy, but like mm -hmm. he learns and he changes over the, you know, there's a character arc here. <laughs> he changes the character arc for, uh, for citizen dildo is that he overcomes <laughs> his fear of heights and jumps off a building at the end. And that's it. That's like, okay, so you overcame your fear of heights. Did you learn about like the value of human life? Did you learn that, right. you, that you actually like treated everybody, including this, uh, you know, the Penelope Cruz's uh, character, you treated everybody like garbage and like, I don't, I just, there's, there's no redemption for the character, it, but we're all, but we're still supposed to have like this cathartic release with the, with the end. Um, there's I will say, yeah, there's, there's a great score. Sigur Rós is on there. Radiohead yeah. is on there. There's a great wow. fucking score, but that's about it. Okay. This yeah. is one of my biggest issues with this film. I, I bought the soundtrack back in the day, but it never occurred to me till this most recent viewing that the soundtrack is partly responsible for why this movie is so incoherent and, and <laughs> empty. The, the, we have these like sad, depressing moments like, you know, Tom Cruise, like, loafing around town with this fucked up face, longing for love. And we got this sugary pop <laughs> soundtrack going on in the background. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the, the score. Uh, yeah, the score is not great. Yeah, it, it leaves nothing to the imagination. There's no mood. It smothers every single emotional beat. And that's Cameron Crowe's fault. I'm sorry. He was stuffing so much of his own personal, like, autorism yes. into this perfectly fine, Preach. bizarre Spanish story. And the two collide, and it's a fucking train wreck, all right? The trailer, remember? I, the trailer for this movie should have been, like, like, thing, like things are going great for David Ames until his <laughs> face got fucked up. Like, it's a fucking comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. It really should be that way. Like, David Ames got Perfect. dealt a bad hand. That's perfect. Meet David Ames. David's having a bad day. And it's about to get worse. <laughs> He's sleeping with a beautiful but crazy woman. <laughs> but that's, that's the other thing is that I don't like the way the story's told. If they want There's to no be story. a big story. Right. That's the point. Yes. If we're going to, whatever you want to call it, I don't like the way the movie is told. It's told in a way that doesn't invite me to care in any way with the back and forth and is this real? Is that not real? There's no buy-in for it. All it is is annoying to me. I'm like, oh, you're Penelope Cruz. Oh, you're Cameron Diaz. Oh, you're Penelope Cruz. Oh, you're Cameron Diaz. I'm fucking you both. I can't handle it. I'm going to kill one of you. I'd be happy fucking, if, those, if both those women switched back and forth and I was fucking both of them, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> this movie this this movie should have started with a choice uh which one do you fuck or which oh. one do you kill and it should have just been that and it should have just gone right that direction yeah it should have been a thriller you're right that would have been a much more entertaining no film. no i mean but instead it hey it fuck or kill man to, that's it. it this is we not have, about fucking saving your soul we've got two beautiful people who <laughs> fall in love just because people. just because they're both beautiful okay you look at that scene that Travis referenced before. It's spunky teen frivolity. It was Peter <laughs> Gabriel in the background 
and you yeah. feel nothing. Okay, <laughs> Penelope Cruz spurts this chirpy nonsense. Oh my god, that makes absolutely no fucking sense. I mean, can we oh talk god. about the dialogue in the script? Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Hold on, wait, uh, Eric. I gotta. I Come gotta. Back as cats. I have got to say oh, something. Oh god, yeah. I got. I gotta say something in this just because you just hit the nail on the fucking head. I was watching this and I was like. There is something that is supposed to be emotionally resonant here. And it is entirely, entirely like devoid of any meaning whatsoever. Hey, yeah, you got to look more at the, uh, you got too much sour, man. You need some more sweet. It's sweet and sour, bro. <laughs> yep, that's oh right. God. That's it. Subtle. No, Eric, so no Eric nailed it, man. Eric, Eric nailed it. That was it. Yeah. That's yeah, really the lines point. are so stupid, man. But, yeah, yeah, the dialogue but, is trash, but it's but there's but there's still like these greater thematic issues too. Like uh, like you think of like the movie <laughs> the Tr think of the movie the Truman Show and what yeah. that has to say about like solipsism and like this like the, the, the self and like uh, just being like completely like you know the I am all that exists in the world and like the, 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 the idea of like how that can be critiqued and that can be like you know it, 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 but like then you take Vanilla Sky and it's like. Yeah, this is this is a fun experiment. <laughs> this is a thought experiment. It's like a carnival ride. And then like and then it's over and it's like you didn't learn anything from it. You just got cotton candy no. all over you and and mm. you know your feet are tired and you're not actually full. You're you're just sick. <laughs> yeah, tra Travis, I Travis, I literally have a uh, I literally have a note that says uh it's like suffering in a bunker through a carnival with a with a bunch of wow I, I i literally have that exact same note <laughs> carnival that's but pretty you, funny it's, it's a it's a carnival but you're not in the you're not in the performative part of the carnival you are yeah. in the you are in the hopelessly like uh you know uh uh what, what do you call it like the captive audience to a fucking carnival that is the worst carnival you could ever fucking imagine it's like the three freaks that like no one would want to see that like just took over the whole thing and now they're running the show and then you have to listen to it because you paid it you <laughs> paid like a good, podcast yeah you know, because you paid a you paid a good two pence to watch the suffering <laughs> yeah i feel bad for anybody who went to the theater and paid money to see the film it's unfortunate but there are people who like this film so let's give credit to the performances <laughs> Penelope Cruz, Travis wasn't happy with, but I thought Jason Lee was good in this, even though he doesn't uh, know what he's supposed to do in this film. He, he actually was uh, pretty... He's kind of fun. ...emotive and uh, expressed his views and was kind of the character who he was, like, oh, man, my life kind of sucks because it's not as good as Tom Cruise's. I kind of bought into that, and I thought he did a good job. You're right, Cameron Diaz was great. Uh, She's yeah. great, really Tom good. Cruise really is, good. Tom Cruise does an okay job, but... I think he's kind of getting sappy and over the top when he has the makeup on and the face is all screwed up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He takes it to a new level. And Okay, I got to say, the makeup, I mean, the whole point of this story is about, like, his, his life being in turmoil because of his appearance, okay? Yeah. He doesn't look that bad even when he's disfigured, okay? I did think that. I did right? think that, too. Well, that's part it of reminds the point, me of He's supposed to be vain. It reminds me of like uh, so he's still Ange. he's still fuckable is what you're saying. <laughs> well, it always makes me laugh because I think uh, Ange, you know my Mrs. Uh, my wife, when we watched the Phantom of the Opera, Joe Schumacher film with Gerard Butler, 
it, I, it's a movie I really like. But when, the, when you finally lead up to it and the, the Phantom takes his mask off, he's straight up still hot. Like, it's not <laughs> even a problem <laughs> that he looks gross. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the makeup was just ridiculous. In the Spanish film, he looks like a gross, like, mutant pig. And here, he's just got, like, a bad star. <laughs> well, I thought this movie was about daddy issues. It seems like they hint about this dad, this old man, oh, this yeah. magnet, this powerful publishing magnet dad. But they don't really, like, get into it. It's, like, hinted at, like, oh, just understand this guy's fucked up because of his dad. It's very odd. It seems like maybe if they take it another direction, this would have made a more of a emotive experience for the viewer. What do you guys think of that, Travis? Is that crazy? Yeah, I, think, I think that, yeah, I think you're right. We're supposed to, like, sympathize with the character, like, oh, his dad didn't take good care of him. All he did was leave him this, you know, Fortune 500 company um, <laughs> and, like, you know, perfect jeans. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I like beautiful man. But yeah, uh, I, he's just not a very sympathetic character. You know, you know who gave the best performance in this movie? I have to say was Johnny Galecki. <laughs> <laughs> is he in one scene? Is it one scene? In, he he must have been on the cutting room floor because he's in one scene and he has no no lines. And yeah, he's just he just shows up at the party at the end. I'm like, oh, what the fuck, Johnny Galecki? There you are. And then like, he's gone. <laughs> Dude, how about Michael Shannon as the security guard? Uh, yeah, yeah that, that was fun. There that was is. fun. Yeah. And, and he got uh, to Noah, get pissed, too. Noah Taylor, like, fresh off of Shine, before he was just, like, the weird guy with the mustache and everything, he, he shows up in this pretty good, yeah. too. Yeah, he's also an Almost Famous, so obviously Cameron Crowe loves Noah Taylor. Yeah, Tilda Swinton pops up. Literally, Tilda oh, yeah. Swinton pops up, explains exactly what the hell is going on. <laughs> and then, like, five minutes later, Tom Cruise still doesn't know what's going on, so he's got to yep. call like Noah Taylor. It's tech support. Ridiculous. I need tech support. And they really dragged out that tech support scene. He yells it like six times, and it dude. drags. Like, and that's dude, the edited down real. version. What the hell? There's an, ex- yeah. there's an extended version I learned today. That there's an, the, the, the original ending extended? was like, yeah, oh, that oh, that whole Kill scene me. where like a swap. How do you extend involved. infinity? How do you extend <laughs> infinity? How Just do you go beyond uh, the entire concept of time? <laughs> Like in the original, like like they had like uh, Kurt Russell and Tom Cruise are knocked unconscious by the by the like the security Jesus SWAT team. Of the, right, and they, this is the, and the dumbest movie ever made. It's and like luckily that got cut out. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, Holy. If you've shit. ever seen the extended cut of Vanilla Sky, please write to us. Let us <laughs> know Jesus how you Christ, thought of it. Don't. Cinemanide Pod. No. Proton Mail. Like, I'm Hit not even a. There. I'm not even a main host. I don't want to hear any of that. Yeah. Okay, Spencer, well, you let don't us have know to. Because I follow yeah. you. I'm, I follow you. That means I'm going to have to read it. And we would shit. love to hear from Spencer, actually. Please write into the show, Spence. Cinema9pod at protonmail.com. Let us know oh. if you actually like the movie or not, because I didn't actually get his opinion on that. He just kind of offered it Spence, in jest. So I don't know if it was a my, joke or not. Spence is on my hit list, man. Uh, he's <laughs> on my hit list. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be sending uh, infected COVID uh, delivery workers to his house to drop off packages. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, tell us how you really feel. I want to know. <laughs> I did. Is there any other point to this film? Have we missed anything? I mean, we all seem to be pretty bummed about it. Is there anything that you guys really are like, you know what? We didn't really cover the fact that this was good or this part was good. The cinematography was beautiful. The audio editing was fantastic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, ask, know, let me ask you this. You, you said your first question, usually in these uh, pods, uh, which I think is a good question. Does it hold up? And here's the thing. I don't think it was ever good enough to begin with. So does That's it hold true. up is insane. It doesn't 
it it can't hold up. It's actually a contradiction. It can't. It's negated. Hold up. Our whole our whole podcast is negated. We're getting sucked. Be- Reversal well, because it literally, it literally it literally has no value. Like I was trying to say earlier, it is a empty uh, repository for the soul. It just constantly sucks. But you it are aware that's your vacuum. opinion. Are you aware of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, opinions also can be correct, and this is a is, this is a this is a drain. This is a uh, this is a, a cosmic drain that just sucks <laughs> all of the interest and and love and anything that's that's decent out of anything that even might be artistic. It is the most hollow fucking uh, representation of some other form of representation that i've ever fucking seen it is based <laughs> a rip off in a direct uh a direct jesus of christ a movie, man of a movie <laughs> that of a movie that actually had value some value it actually, yeah, yeah it actually right. sucked away the value from the previous version probably uh probably preventing many 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 other people from actually watching the original, which is actually very good. Yeah, that's I, watched, good I watched it like 15 yeah, years movie. ago, and it actually it is it's poetry. But here's the thing: when you are watching a film and you have actually no form of uh, no frame of reference whatsoever, and the and the boat is just flying along on the water, there's no anchor drop ever. You know, no anchor is ever dropped whatsoever. So you have no actual fucking sense of orientation. So you are losing you're constantly losing your own ability to understand what the hell you're consuming. And, and this is <laughs> and? the kind of, more? this is what this and. film is about. Dude, get your because, own yeah, no, because listen, if you, if you continue to kind of like drag <laughs> this thing back to the beginning, that it is very likely that the entire point of this fucking story, which is ridiculous, is that like the whole thing was a dream <laughs> before this fucking kid ever grew into an adult. It doesn't yeah. actually okay. mean that he's he's done any of these things. That's it's a completely point. Theory. fucking madness. It's it is madness. madness. This is right. what Sorry. I wanted to get to. Sorry. You got to the whole point. You got the filibuster. You got to my <laughs> final point. Sorry. I wanted to get into and get everyone's opinions on <laughs> dream sequences. <laughs> I can't stand dream sequences. Out, I can't stand dream sequences in films They're and the TV. Worst. I love the them. Worst. Yeah, I, they suck. I'm not into them. Hey, and hey. this movie is like the perfect example of why I get turned off. I want to get everyone's thoughts. Travis, let's hear your thoughts on this. Dude, Sopranos has some. I knew you were going to go there. I knew fucking it. Fucking dream it. sequences. Yeah. But I knew it. I mean, like, there I'm just is. saying. I'm, I'm just saying. There are. I don't some like them ones. either. I don't like I love, those either. I love them. I love them. But I, 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 so I do think that there it can be a place for dream sequences. Usually, there it's like an unnecessary jump scare, or right, like exactly, there it or is. like, or something just like ooh, like like this, like this whole movie is just a, <laughs> it's just a contrivance. So like, um, so like to be like, oh, is it a dream? Is it not like fuck you? It doesn't matter. Like, yes. <laughs> so like none of it matters because the whole dream. The, I mean, like. Like the question of whether or not this 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 movie holds up, like the first time you saw it, yeah, it might be fun. And if you've never seen it, probably give it a shot. But if you've never seen it, you're probably not listening to this podcast either. Um, but <laughs> as far as like dream sequences and stuff, like in some movies it can work, some movies they don't work. And this movie, I just don't fucking care. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. And I don't like the dream sequences in this film. I don't like him in Sopranos. I'm just not a fan. I want to get, it seems like a distraction or like, oh, we need to fill more running time. I often get that feeling with dream yeah. sequences. Eric, how do you feel about filler. dream sequences? Yeah. In the film? A lot of times they can be filler, but if, if they're done right and purposefully and imaginatively, they can be real interesting. Here, none of the above. Okay. So, <laughs> so I mean, I think we should mention the fact that this is a huge fucking vanity project for tom cruise he he watches oh open your eyes he screams yeah. oh it at God. his his palace and he calls cameron crow and he says i got it this is what we're doing next cameron crow is like uh i i, I guess yes. I, i'd love to reteam and <laughs> he ends up he, he just ends up putting his own stuff like i said before into a movie that did not need to be touched and all because of the the wool and the you know the power of tom cruise saying I would like to embody this character uh, that I saw in this film. I, I would like to just go ahead and re pretty much reshoot this entire film with me as the lead and as this, you know, messianic yeah. figure of love and hope. <laughs> Fuck all of these people. Right <laughs> yeah, what an absolute waste of time it was to clear out Times Square on a Sunday in New York because that's all real. <laughs> they didn't digitally right. edit that at all. That really happened. What yeah, a waste an of time under, that was. An underwhelming effect now. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't, when it opens with that, it's like in the first five minutes of the movie or so, and I'm like, I don't care about this already. I'm yeah, already not like a Nissan commercial or some and shit. He, Tom cares? Cruise is running like he always does. You know, it's just... Right. God, this movie sucks. I made a note. I made a note of that. I can't believe he's running even in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, I literally wrote that. I wrote that like whole sentence. Does anyone <laughs> care about like the board like trying to like, Seven get dwarves. the profits away from yeah. me? Yeah, what a what a biting storyline! It's very like tantalizing. A half, like a half a MacGuffin. Like it's just a guffin. Yeah, it was know, the like, board. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's I'm like uh, the Sith and the Jedi. This is right yep, there yep. with it in terms of yep, like movie board. robberies. Absolutely, all time. I'm, the board I'm versus Tom Cruise. <laughs> so we don't like I'm, this movie. Easy. Yeah, how many disciples were there? Were there seven? There were seven. Oh, seven yeah. wars. Yeah. Of course, yeah, there exactly. Yeah, exactly. always Christ. So, always goes back to Christ. Yeah, well, I no, think it's it, but that that is that is like the absolute fallback for people who have no fucking decent ideas, especially people like Cameron Crowe who are like, uh, they're they're successful way too fucking early, and they literally have no grounding whatsoever in in the the suffering that regular people have, that actually gives them a form of uh, religious uh, awakening. Or some form of, uh, you know, some some form of a rapture. They they don't even understand it. They hmm. can't understand it because it's all symbolic for them. It's completely fucking symbolic. It is literally something they just read in a fucking book, and then they want to uh, recreate <laughs> that in the form of uh, something like a film. Yeah, I don't even I don't know like the the dirty details of Cameron Crowe, like going way a little fuck back. But I know he worked for the fucking Rolling Stone. That's what Almost Famous is about. Yeah. That's why that's so painfully fucking nostalgic and empty and just, and has this like, just slogging fucking pace to it. It has no bounce whatsoever. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the only thing in that movie that makes it fucking pop. So did uh, he ever recover from Vanilla Sky? I know he did like Elizabeth Town and We, that was we Bought five. a Zoo. Which I, is would a say, I would say, I didn't see I would We Bought a Zoo, given, but Elizabeth Town given, sucked. No, listen, given how yeah, bad was, fucking Vanilla Sky is, Elizabeth Town is a fucking huge bounce back. Aloha was a nightmare. Everyone Aloha. Knows oh, God. That, that was so many bad. people in that film. He had all of the talent in the world, and it was a disaster. Asian so, Emma yeah. Stone, from what I understand. It's a real bummer. I mean, I love 
Singles. Jesus and I love, Christ. He did I love that? everything Cameron did. Singles yeah. is one of my love favorite that. movies. Yeah, this singles. might be the end of Cameron Crowe because Fast Times at Ridgemont High, singles. all of his movies, all of his writing, Say Anything. I love all these movies. Oh, but yeah. then, but you're right. Vanilla Sky is like the tipping point. It was the end for him. And but Say Anything, that, that's a really good example. Uh, he wrote that, right? He didn't direct that. He or did he both. He directed it. He did both. Written okay. and directed. So, uh, so that, that's a perfect example. It, it's something that is so immaterial. He has no concept whatsoever of like uh, material conditions, anything that actually affects the lives of actual people that actually live in the actual fucking world. He is creating just just a flimsy fucking teenage poetry bullshit and forcing people to imbibe it because most people don't read fucking books and they don't understand anything. So people that are like normal adults will tell you like, <laughs> oh, I really like Vanilla Sky. And you're like, why the fuck would you like this? It's so fucking- Well, we don't have to shit on people for liking it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But you know, I, <laughs> I don't hey, think listen. that that's I mean, necessarily I'm, helpful or I true. See, but, I see where you're- I, mean, I, I don't know, I don't know. It is a fun helpful ride. Is, it, helpful is not the point though, is it? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just, Being okay, helpful well, is not the point. Okay, I'm isn't maybe this, helpful. Uh, isn't this a critique? Uh, you know, isn't this uh, okay. Well, helpful maybe isn't the right aren't, word. Aren't we in the? Aren't I'm we just in saying. The, uh, okay. Why don't you just talk for a while, Luke? Yeah, aren't we in the nest <laughs> in the in the safe place in the in the in the safe place or whatever? No, of, yeah, no, of course. I'm just saying, like, I mean, Underwear? like, I don't think that there's necessarily something. I'm, I'm just disagreeing with you. I don't think there's necessarily Dude, that's something. That's totally wrong. cool. I don't. I just don't think that there's necessarily something wrong with liking the movie, especially if you've only seen it once or twice. Because that's who I was until uh, last week when I watched it again. I, if, if you'd asked me, I would have said, oh, it's an okay movie. Um, so, and, it, and, and if I had never seen it, I do think that maybe it's still like, it would be kind of a fun ride that one time if, you'd never, if you've never seen it. I, I could see enjoying it. I don't think you have to be like a fucking idiot or an asshole to, 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 just because you like that movie. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Sir, hold, on, wait, sir, I mean, hold on, hold on. Let me say real quick. Fair point, Travis. Uh, <laughs> Just to bring totally, things back a little bit. <laughs> totally fair point. Some, sometimes I get a little too amped up. Okay, we're done now. So this movie did not hold up. We all agree. <laughs> there was no redeeming qualities. I think it was pretty universal. Nobody really stands tall mm. in favor Cameron of this Diaz. film. If you did like the film, mm. please write into us. We would love to read a alternate reality. Tell us why you liked it. Cinnamon iPod at ProtonMail.com. Tell us why it's so good, why it turns you on, why it makes you feel so many feelings, because we would love to find the answer to that. So, gentlemen, it's time now. That's our, uh, maybe it's my personal favorite part of the show. I love when we talk about everyone's quarantine viewing picks. We are still in the quarantine. No matter what you see outside or what's going on, there is still a quarantine. And in fact, there's still a virus out there that could cause serious issues. So we want to bring you some of our personal favorites that we've been watching recently or something brand new to us that just enlightened us. It could be fun for you to watch. So we're going to start with Mr. Roy. I know you've always got a plethora of movies at your disposal. Oh, so many movies. So why don't you um, give us a few, man? Yeah, especially since I've got two weeks worth of movies here that I've watched since mm. we didn't record uh, last oh, week. Oh, that reminds me, by the way, uh, I do want to remind everybody that uh, the podcast Blackout was something we were all very proud of doing and yeah, grateful sure. to be a part of it. And please Absolutely. go to 8 and join campaign0.org, please. Those are websites that tell you more about police brutality and how you can get involved and help make a difference if you so choose. It means a lot to us, and we really it's the least we can do. We're going on still talking about movies, but we still are very much with the movement and in support of it all. And thank oh, you to anyone who, who did download the episode, listen to it, and kind of join us in that uh, solemn reflection. Uh, I think it was really great to be uh, a part of that kind of 
for what it was, a small podcast movement, just letting people know that we need to stop, listen, reflect on this just for this week, and we'll get back to the fun a little bit later. Absolutely. Okay, great, Travis. Now it's your turn. Um, yeah, so I watched a lot of movies. Um, I, finally, <laughs> I finally got around to watching 1994's The Stand. Um, oh. from Stephen King finally, finally was in the right headspace to watch that. Um, and like, I remember, you know, that intro, that classic, the fucking blue oyster cult intro and like, yeah. what it, it has such yes. a huge effect on me. Then like, I yes. watch it this time. I'm like, I'm like, I watch it this time. I'm like, people are actually dying mid ping pong. People are dying, like, <laughs> <laughs> like still leaning over the ping pong table, like holding, like, I don't know. So like it, in a lot of ways, it did not hold up as well as I would have liked, but um, you know, that was kind of expected. Um, but it was still fun to watch it. And I'm kind of excited, more excited now for the um, upcoming uh, CBS All Access version, which this should be an interesting time to have a, a movie, a series about, you know, uh, pandemics and like people splitting off into tribal camps and pitting against each other. <laughs> um, see how that goes. Um, I watched uh, 1989's Slipstream. This was recommended by someone, uh, I think his name is Jason, follows us on Twitter. This oh, was, hey, Jason. Um, hey, Jason. This was uh, Bill Paxton and Mark Hamill. And it was cool what? to see Mark Hamill like in, 19, in 1989. It seemed like about 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was them too. Like, it's, like, it's kind of like, imagine like Waterworld or something like that, only like instead of water, it's air. It's the slipstream. Everyone's flying planes everywhere. It's super low budget. And it's also starring um, the clever girl guy from Jurassic Park. And, <laughs> Muldoon. And, and fucking Ben Kingsley just shows up. Ooh, um, what? It's, it's weird. It's a weird movie. But it was, it was, it was almost... And it, it was good, but it was so B-movie and, like, weird. It was just, like, it was, like, this, I don't know, it's kind of, like, I, this week, the last couple of weeks, was kind of been, like, um, like going into, like, film museums, like, looking at, like, oddities, like this one. Mm. It was, I, was, I was grateful for the recommendation. It was All a right. fun little oddity. Kind of, like, I also watched, uh, we, we talked before about Paul Schrader's Dark. Um, the 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 director's cut to to dying of the light Ooh. that he begs people not to watch. I I have not <laughs> I have not watched dying of the light, but I did watch dark and uh, okay. you know you know I love me some Nick Cage and uh, it was worth seeing. It was weird and it, and it was like an, only an hour long, so it doesn't really you know hmm. it's 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 more of a an oddity, like it's a curiosity. Um, I watched 2019's Depraved. Which I am anyone that knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Frankenstein. It's like my favorite book. I fucking love Frankenstein, and uh, I'm a big Larry Fessenden fan too. And this oh, is the okay. best. This is the best Fessenden movie I think out yet, and it's it's the best Frankenstein adaptation I've ever seen because it doesn't hmm. even try to be Frankenstein. It just spins all that on its head. It takes a lot of the familiar tropes of Frankenstein and just just re- just inverts them. It's a really well done movie. Um, so I, I strongly recommend Depraved. And last but not least, uh, my main recommendation that, uh, for the week <laughs> is uh, 1989's Vampire's Kiss. I watched this movie last night Ooh. and. You know, everyone, mm. like, I had, I, I had seen chunks of this movie in, like, meme format, and I kind of felt like I knew what this movie was about, you know? I thought it was going to be, like, that Jim Carrey once bitten kind of movie, you know? I thought, was, I thought I knew what this movie was. And, um, and I'm a big Nick Cage fan, as I've mentioned more than once, and I was, like, and someone said, like, dude, you need to fucking see this movie. I'm like, of course I do. So I sat down last night and watched it, and one, 
His performance is in bonkers. Incredible. It's incredible. It's so good. It's I never so misspelled good. anything ever. It's so over the top. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And the movie itself also, I've never seen a movie that so finely walks the line between tragedy and comedy. It is Ooh. so sad and so fucking hilarious, but like dark and disturbing and, and all at the same time. It's I was just maybe my expectations were kind of lower because I thought it was going to be a silly whatever, but I was just really blown away by this movie and how fucking um, hilarious and thoughtful it was. And, and it's, and yes, it's funny, but it's not a joke. It's really, really good. <laughs> all right. Well, as Damn. always, Travis has got a so, lot of viewing choices. Wow. Check all those out this week. If you That's find the time, shit. it's been two weeks uh, theoretically. So, all right, Eric, how about you, buddy? I know you got something Aside, in the hopper. Aside from the six seasons of celebrity ghost stories I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you get that out, Luke. <laughs> sorry, sorry, go ahead. I also took a look at a film from 1997 called Strays, okay? Now, you're going to have to bear with me, okay? Because uh, this is going to throw you for a loop. I don't know how much you guys know about actor Vin Diesel. Oh, boy. We, you know, we had a lot of fun a couple of weeks ago joking about him starring as Sweet Tooth in the Twisted Metal movie for <laughs> PlayStation 1. Jesus Christ, all right. I, I'm putting myself on mute literally because I cannot stop laughing. So, um, <laughs> okay. If you don't hear me, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, you're good. welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> we could have used that earlier. But anyway. Um, uh, okay. You know, all right. All right. unmuted just to laugh. Uh, Vin, Vin Diesel's an interesting actor because now clearly he's, you know, popcorn trash, fast and furious. But this guy actually started out as a pretty competent writer and director. Yeah. If you've ever seen his first short film, it's called Multifacial. It went to cons. It was in 1995. And he plays a struggling actor who's kind of having, um, he's questioning his, his role in society because of his uh, multi-ethnic multi-ethnicity it's really good so i decided i start, got to thinking about that and i decided to watch his follow-up it's called strays from 1997 he writes and directs he, he you know he's a he plays like a gang leader and he's trying to you know once again kind of make sense out of his life and the guy kind of reminds me of stallone back in the day like when he was first kind of toughing it out and, and writing rocky about these streetwise characters these these tougher characters you don't really get get to see in movies and this is a respectable talent back in the day in fact spielberg saw multifacial and said there's my private caparzo right there just called him on the spot mm. uh, so yeah this this one's pretty good too stray so he's a good writer director i just don't know he must be just swimming in money because of these and not wanting to do anything personal by the way spielberg uh, showed up in vanilla skies remember that a cameo quick cameo there? yeah he calls him a son of a bitch yeah. at the birthday party <laughs> i didn't even notice that that's funny yeah he says son um, of a bitch and i was like wow and Ta Steel tam and crow returned the favor by appearing in minority report so there oh, you go that's so a I, I, I watch that so i do have to give a little credit uh to, to good old vin and uh, i'd encourage him to get out there and and maybe pen another one of these more personal stories i also watched two movies uh when a stranger calls from 1979 and when a stranger calls back from 1993 the direct to showtime <laughs> sequel i had never seen these it's the classic like babysitter like the killers upstairs they're both really good uh 
the filmmaker Fred Walton, he also made what I think is an underrated horror film called April Fool's Day from 1986. Have you guys yeah. ever seen this movie? No, I've heard of it, though. It's kind of a cult classic. It absolutely has the most unique plot device I've ever seen in a horror movie, okay? I, I'd love to say more, but I can't. Uh, so, yeah, this guy, Fred Walton, I don't know where he's Watch been, it. but he's made three really cool horror movies. Uh, so my hats are off to him. Yeah, aside from that, uh, Celebrity Ghost Stories, Kevin Pollock, by far the scariest celebrity ghost story out of all six seasons. So <laughs> check it out, probably on YouTube somewhere. Good Lord. Wow. Well, that sounds like fun. I have never seen Celebrity Ghost Stories. I would love to see it with you sometime. Apparently, uh, I guess Luke just gave up, or maybe he laughed himself to death. Technical issues, maybe. <laughs> he yeah. may have laughed himself to death. He's like a weasel from Roger Rabbit. He, he's up in heaven now, <laughs> laughing his ass off. That would have been a good best death, too. That shoe from Who uh, Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh. Remember that? Nice. Oh, cool. yeah. Love terrifying. That's a terrifying Here, we, got, we, got, we got Luke back in the house. Oh, oh we shoe. do. Okay. Luke, remember that shoe from Who Framed Robert well, Robert? Give, give him a second. Luke, hey, hey we can hear you. All I'm hoping is that uh, I was allowed back into this meeting after being so... <laughs> after, being such a, after being such a fucking rookie and um, really violating a lot of the terms here of just like... You know, normal. Luke, shut up. Well, tell us about your viewing picks. Come on. <laughs> okay. You're right on cue. You're, You're right on cue, buddy. Yeah, good timing. Yeah. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, yeah, Eric just wrapped up. You ever seen April Fool's Day? Mm, I have not. I would like to. Mm. What have you been oh, watching? So, anything to recommend? Well, mm, anything to recommend. Actually worth watching. Yeah. My goodness. Well, since You do like movies, right? <laughs> I do, man. I do. I do. I do. Uh, there, there are uh, a million good, good films to be watched at the moment. Um, Okay, so the last one of the last great films I watched was uh, First Reformed. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Oh, oh fuck God, it. yes, yes. Me and Eric, uh, love it. We're big on that in 2017. Love it. Best best movie and of 2017. Thank Paul you. Yes. Once again. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yes. I wish. I wish I had a chance. Yep. Paul Schrader. Yeah, man. Oh my God. I I have mentioned that movie to like 20 people. Blank stares. In Honestly, I think it's. It's, I think it's the most representative movie of like the past twenty years. Yes, I agree. And you're you're in uh, you're into the uh, environmental history as well. Uh, you're a scholar in that uh, area. And like honestly, the depiction of that is so different than literally anything I've ever seen in cinema. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, Ethan Hawke really should have gotten uh, Oscar. Yeah, if, uh, he, he was robbed. I, I think I saw it in the theater sure. and I told you to go see it, Eric. I think that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I was, yep. I, was what happened? I, I just went to see it when I lived in Maryland one night. And I was like, oh, first reformed. All right. And I was stunned when I got out of the theater. I was like, wow, this yeah. movie is incredible. Leveled. People need to know about it. But you're right, Luke. A lot of people. Uh, Fucking brilliant. It's not a movie that is like a mainstreamer necessarily, but it is worthy of most eyes. It is. I think it's, it's very, very, like Travis is right. Challenging. This this podcast, in case no one's noticed, is a huge fan of Paul Schrader. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. we love him. hardcore. Yep. What about yeah, Blue Collar? Have you guys watched well, Blue yeah, Collar? Yeah, we talked about that last oh, episode. We, yeah. we just talked about that. Yeah, we love that movie around here. Travis had watched it on his George viewing Scott. picks a couple weeks ago. So. Fuck yes, that amazing. Blue Collar is a 
fucking masterpiece. It's uh, complicated. It's brilliant. It is absolutely. I believe it's on Amazon Prime or something like that. Yeah, yes, it is. I think it is. I think it's Amazon Prime. What else you got, Luke? Uh, You got another choice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The other, the other thing I was thinking was, um, damn it, I just had it in my head. Um, Damn, I wish was your lover by Sophie B. Hawkins. I wish. Oh, here's what I was thinking. It's not <laughs> okay. All right, because I, I think I think a lot of the stuff. It, it, okay, this isn't about good or bad. So this is just uh, pretty in pink. If you guys have never seen that, uh-huh. uh, it is. I had I've recently just watched it. I feel like many many people have never seen this movie. <laughs> have no idea what the hell it is. You haven't listened oh, to the podcast. A, <laughs> seriously, yeah, yeah right. I know, I know. But I, I just watched hey, this listen, movie. My too. first time here. This is my first time here. I just watched this movie for the first time as well, Luke. Okay, good. good. Not, so then you understand, the I think you understand what I'm talking about. Then uh, James Spader Steph. is the most, the, he leans into this just fucking asshole. Like he <laughs> leans into it. He leans into it yeah. so well. And so like he is literally in scenes where his, comments have no meaning whatsoever to the fucking <laughs> plot and he is literally telling the woman he's with that she's a piece of trash and she doesn't even notice and he's like you're trash and she's like what and she laughs that's fucking hilarious but it's also super disturbing what the hell is going on with that what was the I've 80s been watching oh my James god Spader. that's the thing but that's the thing about the 80s that's the thing about the seventies, eighties, like they're all these uh, romantic comedies uh, are, you know, what, what they do, rom-coms do the best is they pick out kind of cultural touch points all over the place. And they, they, they try, they, they use those in their plots. So they're, they're always in a weird way relevant, but they're totally timely. So like you watch something five years later, that's completely out of place. There are only a few that kind of like hold on and are actually uh, universal, but so many of them have these crazy, um, these 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 crazy, uh, you know, not just plots but points of view that are entirely subjective in that fucking moment. And now we're talking about like, oh, do I agree <laughs> with what people thought in two thousand and three? But then don't agree in 2004. It's, it's, it's insane. But there's so many great, uh, I've been watching a ton of those uh, stupid rom coms. You can just, all you gotta do is pick one and then, then watch the, uh, you know, you might also like this list and just watch all that bullshit too. <laughs> you might also like this. That's a great name for a yeah, podcast. Watch, you might also yeah, like watch, this. Yeah, exactly. Watch, <laughs> it is. Yeah, exactly. Just watch all that bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's it's plenty it's plenty entertaining yeah well like travis said he watched pretty and pink for the first time a couple weeks ago so you're not alone and people are still being that. introduced to john Hughes that movies. we've not watched that it's just, you know, crazy there's, there's just you know there's always everybody's got a movie or two that you know or 50 that's been on their list for a long time that they're <laughs> exactly, well aware yeah. of they just haven't gotten around to it yet you know so, so true just, I, haven't, yeah, I still haven't seen like some kind of wonderful either. That's, that's, that's on my list. Ooh, oh, never saw well, that. Cool. Okay. All right. Keep them coming. Yeah. Uh, as far as what I've been watching, uh, I don't really have anything <laughs> to like. I don't have anything to review. I'm not going to review. I just watched some old favorites that 
popped up and I watched them. So I did watch, uh, I tried to watch, I told you guys this, The Love Guru. I tried to watch it. Oh my God. I could not finish it. I could not finish it. I truly, it takes a lot for me to turn off a film. It really does. I don't really do that What much. the fuck? I definitely even... turned it off about 40 minutes in, 40 minutes in. I How much handle. money did that lose the studio? It had oh, to be gosh. countless millions. Yeah. The death I mean, knell got... of Mike Myers' career. Yeah. yeah sadly. Yeah. It's got Timberlake and Jessica Alba. It's got a big cast and it just pff, a big old wet Jesus fart. That's what it Christ. is. And it was it's awful. Well, it's so awful. Oh it's not like God. it's not like, oh, it's not as bad as people say. Like it's truly as bad as you've heard. Trust us. Please trust <laughs> me on this. Uh, but then you I might also as well have gone to you might as well have gone to like a, a fucking uh, just empty you know camp that that said you know uh, that was a d- denial of of you know what I'm talking about like just go there just go go to like the, go to the go jump on a fucking roller coaster you know in the in the perfect camp where nobody maybe died. I'm not the only one who got high before the podcast Jesus <laughs> Christ I wish I wish I oh my God. Uh, you know, yeah. And that, if I was, you know, I'd just... be less angry. I'd be less angry. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, Guarantee uh, that. Guarantee that's that. why I don't hate Vanilla Sky as much as you. And then I watched a couple <laughs> others. Oh, exactly right. It's 100% correct. <laughs> and then I watched a few other classics that just popped in my head. I watched Frost Nixon again. It was good to revisit that. Okay. I enjoyed that. If you haven't really? seen Frost Nixon, still very enjoyable. It's procedural, but it's very uh, entertaining and it moves quickly. Yeah. Uh, I also watched uh, <laughs> one of my personal favorites that. Travis knows about a something's got to give a Nancy hey, Myers film oh with my Jack Nicholson oh, Nancy, and Diane Keaton. Myers, she's a genius. They hate yeah, each other. she's a real auteur. I saw something's got to give in the theater all by myself Good in 2003, God. December 2003, when I moved to Charleston. I saw it at the Dollar Theater, and I fell in love with that film. I just really enjoyed it. Jack Nicholson's at his Jack Nicholson best, and Diane Keaton's Diane Keaton. fantastic. And, best oh, cries of her career. Yes, yeah. this, and if you're can, interested, can, can Diane I, Keaton. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Luke wants to compare the script to something's got to give to the Necronomicon. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut up. That's not, that's not it. That's not fucking it. It's not what it is. <laughs> uh, and I do, I do um, again, I, I will state thank you guys for letting me on this. Oh, uh, thanks for coming, Luke. Podcast. This is absolutely, uh, it, it, it really is an honor. Mike, I'm sorry to interrupt. Travis, I'm sorry if I like talked over you earlier. Eric, <laughs> so, same, fucking with you. same same to you. I really You have apologize. a point here though. But no, I'm not really a point. It's just a question. I'm curious. Uh rather than saying, uh, you know, we see these great performances from these just fucking brilliant actors and something's gotta give. <laughs> what else is going what else is going on in that film? What is it? What is it that resonates with you? the best it? cries of Diane Keaton's career? The reason I like it is I think it's, <laughs> I think it's kind That's of like awesome. a. Obviously, it's about rich people, so I immediately can't relate to it. But at the time, I thought it was like, oh, this must be what it's like to be older. And I actually, they do a good job of like <laughs> what Vanilla Sky fails to do by trying to draw you into the the storyline. Yeah. Like, hey, this is something you should care about. This movie yeah. at least does a great job of being like, hey. I'm actually buying in and enjoying watching these two go head to head and try to figure out who's better than who, who's guarded, who's not, who's willing to be vulnerable. And they're also older. They're in their fifties and sixties. It's much better than like on golden pond or some shit about like older love. I do like it. For that <laughs> That's why. I, yeah. But you're right. I can't really relate to them because they're, 
live in the Hamptons and they're like that's not what I, was asking. I don't care about you relating to them I'm just wondering what what it is that resonates with you and I think you answered yeah. that question so well that's a good question yeah. I agree yeah and you know and I watched a bunch of other crap I watched Spotlight again and I watched uh, the Burbs again I love you know I just had to pop it on so <laughs> I watched the Burbs about every six months so oh okay. shit I think All actually right. I would love to do a podcast guys, on the if burbs. You guys, I'm yeah, throw that if you guys do the burbs, I'll oh, God, listen to that. love it. I'm very excited to hear that one. Never has a there been such a great movie filmed in such a simple location. It's just filmed on a back lot. Never leaves the neighborhood. Never. It's only two blocks, too. It's nothing. It's <laughs> there's like not one scene outside that neighborhood. Black... Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, one, Rick Dukeman. We should just do that whole movie. Um, we'll do a whole episode of that movie. Um, one last movie that I, I wanted to mention that I watched just because it was so much better than I remembered, even though I've seen it like a gajillion times, was Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. You guys remember this movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the movie's, sure. the movie's so fucking what? good. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. Baseball. It's awesome. It's so, so entertaining. If you dismiss the baseball, it? yeah, it's good. So. Why is it remember so Mr. Good? Destiny? Oh, I love Mr. Destiny. Don't I cry. It's still a good joke. movie. That's a good movie. <laughs> The spilled milk. Rene Russo, Jim Belushi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Michael Caine. It's great. It's, it's no Mr. Baseball, but it's pretty good. That's true. <laughs> I, got the, I think I got it's no Mr. Baseball. All right. Well, I think we've covered as much as we could possibly cover in an hour and a half. It's been a lot of fun having Luke Horlbeck as our very special guest. Uh, Thanks, Luke. Luke. Luke, is there anywhere you'd uh, like people to contact you so you can talk further about film, or if you prefer to remain a recluse? No. <laughs> well, you know, I'm 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 reclusive just uh, by default. Uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, I'm no expert in social media, but uh, if you guys ever have me back on the show, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to do this uh, again. I'm honored, humbled. Uh, you are. You three are the three that I go to for all uh, cinematic info and and uh, and advice. And uh, I think you're like the the three experts in my life. So. I'll be here anytime you ever want. And that's basically it. I have to say, uh, believe it or not, Luke Horobeck, this fellow here, actually is the man responsible for giving me my favorite all-time movie recommendation. So I'm very proud to announce that now. Uh, back in 2005, you told me to watch Eyes Without a Face the French film Holy and it shit. changed my fucking life. I went from like dumb cinema to like cinema as art after I watched that. Thanks to oh your recommendation. Oh my God. Did you watch? Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh That's beautiful. God. What a beautiful comment that is. I know it's been a Thank pleasure you, having Eric. Luke on the show. Very it kind really of you. You've made, this has been a fun show. We've had a lot of laughs. We've had a lot of, Jibba jabba, if you will, about various <laughs> topics. Oh, yeah. And I am enjoying it. Jibba jabba. It's been a ride. It's been a thrill ride. You know, it's been the summer's blockbuster hit. No doubt about it. Thanks for tuning in. Cinema 9 Pod on Instagram. Our main, usually our main area of uh, communication. Please join us. Send us a picture of yourself watching your favorite film or send us an uh, old VHS <laughs> box cover of like a classic film you love. We would love to see that. You can also write us Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com. Facebook, Twitter, yada, yada, yada. You know all that. So that's it, guys. Uh, Travis, any final words? Have you enjoyed yourself? Citizen Dildo. Citizen Dildo. There's no better way to wrap up the show than that. I think we've said it all. Thanks again to Luke Horbeck for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next time, next week, when we review and find out does it hold up none other than what, Travis? 
John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. I'm really Ooh. excited about this one. Been wanting to do it for a while. So yeah, headed to Hobbs End. So if you want yeah. to join, I've never seen it. I'm looking forward to watching it. If you've never seen the film and you want to follow along on next week's pod, watch it over the next seven days. John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness, 1995. Be there or be square. Until then, we'll see you. Fuck my arm. Later.